Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Howdy, church. Happy Father's Day to you dads out there. If you're online, we're glad that you're online and glad that you're joining us. Uh, my name is Brandon, by the way. If any of you don't know me, would love to say hi uh, after service. Love to say hi to you, even if you know my name. That's awesome. Uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but yeah, the person who came up with that was uh, in delusion. You know, <laughs> uh, they were trying to convince themselves that that is true, and yet we all know that sticks and stones, yeah, that can break our bones, but words they pierce even further. Words can go right, right directly to our heart. And sticks and stones, like the wounds that they cause, sometimes, like most of the time, like that, that's just gonna, we're gonna heal unless we, you know, die from it, but, uh, you know, blunt force trauma. But we'll likely die, you know, not die, we'll, we'll heal. And, but, but words, when someone speaks to us negative, destructive words, a lot of times that takes residence in our psyche, residence in our heart. And it, it dictates the story that we begin to tell about ourselves to ourselves. It, it starts to influence the words we say to other people. Like how many times have you been had your day ruined just because of some words? They're inanimate objects. They just there were just words that were spoken to you. Like like maybe uh, you're at work and and your supervisor. Uh, criticized your work and you thought you did a good job you tried your best and they criticized you and you didn't feel like it was deserved maybe it ruined your day uh, maybe your your spouse had a moment where they were they were having a bad day and they they were bitey at you and and that made you feel bad maybe you had a friend who didn't take an interest in the fact that you were hurting and they said something just get over it and that hurt your feelings have you ever had words ruin your day Maybe you had a parent who compared you uh, to your, your sibling in a negative way and that hurt you, that shaped how you saw yourself. Uh, words have an impact. And, and it's not just like we're not just the victims here, uh, because many times I'm sure a lot of us, maybe all of us, I'll just say all of us because I think we're in good company here. Uh, we're all sinners, right? Anybody uh, not a sinner? Okay. Um, we've all ruined someone else's day because of our words too. Like sometimes we, you know, we said something in anger. And, and as soon as it left our mouth, we regretted it. Uh, sometimes we've had words come out of our, our mouth and they were uh, not really intended to be as judgmental as they were, but they, they landed that way and we hurt someone's feelings. Uh, sometimes, you know, because we were having a bad day, we took it out on someone. Sometimes we had anger and frustration come out and we used our words to break someone down. Sometimes we saw someone, you know, we, we saw them on Facebook or something. We just felt like we had to give them a piece of the, our mind and, and that did not go well. You realize that there's still a person on the other side of that screen, right? So words can really get us into trouble. Uh, we've had our days ruined by some words and some of us, we've had our whole lives dictated because of some words that we heard. Or some words that we continue to say. But James doesn't want that for us. James wants us to use our words in ways that uh, build up and not break down. That build up 
bridges and not tear down relationships. Uh, and so James has been telling us, right? Like, hey, last week he said, faith without works is dead. You should serve people. You should do something. You should love people. And one of the ways that we do that is through our words. And so he wants to give us a picture of what it looks like to be followers of Jesus in his community and to use our words in a way that doesn't break people down. But because, because of the, the powerful nature of words, he wants us to talk about it. He wants us to consider it because our words are powerful things. So James chapter 3 is where we're going to be. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there. James chapter 3. We're in chapter 3, y'all. James chapter 3. Making some progress. Verse 1, this is what he says. Not many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. I'm going to stop there because I feel judged. (laughs) The teacher he's talking about, right? Right on the the heels of him saying, faith without works is dead. Uh, You need to make sure that you love people in the way that you uh, express your faith. It can't just be the words that you say. He now goes in on the people who teach God's word. Um, you, You should... Keep in mind that if you aspire to be a teacher, not all of you should be a teacher. Why? Because teaching requires a precision of speech. It requires a, it requires us to go past. If you're going to teach God's word, you have to go past one inch deep opinions and actually preach and teach gospel saturated, Bible saturated truths. That's what's required when we teach. We have to actually measure the emphases that we have on the text. We have to actually measure the way we articulate God's words. Like, that's such a weighty thing. And so if you ever think that, like, if I'm speaking God's truth in a loving way, um, and you don't like that, and you try to judge me, understand, your judgment does not measure up against God's judgment. Not even close. And so if you want to be a teacher, you have to understand that there is a stricter judgment. Why? Because God sees words as really important. Some of us, like we, we go most of our days just willy-nilly with our words. We just kind of like throw them out there into the ether, into somebody, and then we just don't even think about it. We don't even care because it's true. Well, as we're going to see, uh, words are really, really important. Paul says it this way, to speak the truth in love. Both are required. Whether you're teaching God's word or whether you're just talking to somebody. Not many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. Why do we receive a stricter judgment? Because teaching someone has with it, comes with it, a great amount of influence. And you can use that rightly or wrongly. So if you uh, espouse to be a teacher, just keep that in mind. Verse 2, this is what he says. For we all stumble in many ways. We are all tripping, y'all. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able also to control the whole body. That's a, a Jewish way of saying if he's mature, he can uh, not stumble over what he says. He's able to control their, their whole life, not just the body. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. And consider ships. Though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. We'll stop there. 
So James uh, continues to do what he's done throughout his letter. He is a masterful preacher because he teaches you something and then he gives you a picture to see it through. Right? A bit in the, in the horse's mouth. I've uh, ridden some horses. The most recent horse I rode, his name was Preacher, and he was psychotic, y'all. Like, for real. I, I didn't think I was going to survive. I didn't think I was going to live past that. Um, because, you know, he had the bit in his mouth, but I wasn't the greatest at, like, knowing how to use the reins. But we survived because that big beast of an animal had that thing in his mouth. That I could somewhat control. And I think he just decided, you know, I'm going to be gracious to this guy. You know, he's a fellow preacher and stuff. You know, we're going to be fine. Um, but it's a small little piece, right? And it, and it is able to direct the, the direction of an, a big, huge animal. In the same way, he gives another one. Two, two illustrations in a row. James says that a, a boat, right? If you're sailing a boat and you got these fierce winds and, and you, you want to be able to like, if you get in a boat, you want to be able to like go to the place you want to go. You don't want to just get in the boat and just like, oh well, well, Jesus take the wheel. Like, that's not what he's saying. Like, you get in the boat and you like trying to go somewhere, right? Um, and so he, he says there's this little rudder. It's a little thing. It's just a small little thing. And yet it directs the whole boat. In the same way. Your tongue, your words... Your tongue is a small piece of your body, and yet it directs your whole life. That's some serious stuff. I'm not saying some name it, claim it kind of thing. Well, oh, my, my tongue directs my life. I wanna, I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. Like You just repeat that to yourself five times in front of the mirror before you go to work, and eventually you'll be a millionaire. I don't know, maybe, but that's probably not just going to be because of the words. But there are power in your words. There are power in your words. If you are always negative, you'll probably lead a very uh, depressing life. If your words are always positive and optimistic, then you might be able to go to a joyful place and be a little bit more uplifting to the people around you. He's saying that there are power in your words, and we have to deal with them with care. And a lot of times we don't because we don't think about the dangerous nature of our words. Uh, Sarah and I recently watched the show where this guy, he, um, he called 911 because uh, he's a military artifact collector guy. And so he was uh, cleaning a grenade from a grenade launcher. You know, it's just another Tuesday in his life. And... He, it, it, cause it's like a projectile grenade, it, it projectiled into his leg. And so he called up 911. Hey guys, uh, yeah, uh, so I'm bleeding out of my leg. Oh, what happened? Oh, there's a grenade in there. Yeah, it's awesome. Like I was just cleaning it. And so the, the, the people get there. The firefighters get to the, to the house and are like, hey, uh, so what's going on? And so they look at the leg. It's in the leg. It's a big grenade thing in his leg, and not good, I, I, obviously. And so he's like, "Hey, I just it, it was it wasn't supposed to like do anything. It was supposed to be a dud or whatever. I was just cleaning it, you know." And and you know they're like, "Well, okay, cool. Um, I trust you now, you know." Uh, and so they get him in the ambulance, and they're they're going to the hospital. And they and the one of the EMTs is a is a former military. He's a veteran, and uh, he notices. He can tell that the grenade uh, is not 
it, it's live. Yeah, it, it's there and it's it's ready to go. Boom, boom. But the thing with a grenade launcher, grenade thing, apparently, according to the show, military people, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but do it after the service. Um, <laughs> no, that's an objection, Your Honor. Uh, that's fine. Um, he, he says, uh, well, so... Yeah, that's live, and so they stop the ambulance, and the thing with the grenade and the grenade launcher is that it, you don't want it to blow up as soon as you, like, push, you know, pull the trigger, because you want it to go away from you, right? So it has to rotate a number of rotations uh, before it's ready to go boom, boom. And so uh, the, he realizes it's live, well, if you start messing with it, then it could go boom, boom, and that would not be good, good. And so he, he's like, all right, let me get the, the stuff out of this because this is not going to be good because it's live. And, and the bomb squad was far away. They're like an hour away. And so he's like, all right, uh, Cap, I'll, I'll deal with it. Like, I'll, I'll do that. So two guys go in the ambulance with this guy. And they, you know, he st- sticks his, like, grilling tongs or something into his leg. And he's trying to get the grenade out. But he can't get it out unless he rotates it. And rotations, that's not a good thing for grenades. It's a grenade launcher designed to detonate because of a certain amount of rotations. So he rotates it because it's like, you got to get it out. And puts it in this like little tin uh, that the bomb squad people or bomb whatever they gave him. It's like a little lunch pail. It's like, what's that going to do? Um, puts it in there and they leave the ambulance and the guy gets out. And, you know, that's a good thing. And they like embrace and saw this good moment. But then as they're like giving each other a hug and celebrating that they didn't die, the ambulance blows up. Because the grenade was ready to go. See, they took care. They, they, were, they had a lot of care with the way they were dealing with that grenade. Because all of us know like what would happen if we don't treat a grenade with care, right? Like, you just go boom, boom, and it's not good, good. But our words are also dangerous things. Our words are very dangerous things. They can go boom in someone's face, and they can affect their lives for the rest of their lives. And a lot of times we, we just use our words willy-nilly because we don't think about the fact that they actually have an impact in someone's life. And yet all of us know the actual fact that all of us have been shaped by words all our lives. What is your self-image? How did you come to see yourself as yourself in the way that you see yourself? It's been the accumulation of words spoken over you, spoken to you, and then your interpretation of your experiences, the way you use your words and your thoughts about yourself, right? It's all words. All of us, like, we've come from a story. Words create worlds, y'all. Words are important. If you sit down and read a fiction book, you start feeling emotions just because of the words that you read. Words are powerful things. And when we go and, you know, we, we, we think about our lives, we think about how we see ourselves, how much of that is shaped by true words? How much of that is shaped by what God says about you rather than what someone else said about you? Some of us, we, 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 we realize the power of words, and yet all of us, we have moments where we put our foot in our mouth because we forgot. But James wants us to go about life in a different way. He he says this. He goes on. He says, Consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large forest. Sermon illustration number three. A small fire sparks it, and then a whole forest can burn down. Your tongue is like that. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. The tongue, it stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. 
Maybe we should just not talk at all, right? Let's all play the quiet game. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a saltwater spring yield fresh water. So he says a lot about the tongue. <laughs> Let's just do a little review. It's a fire. It's a world of unrighteousness. It stains the whole body. It sets the whole course of life on fire. And is itself set on fire by hell. It cannot be tamed. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we bless God and say, God, I love you. And in the same breath, we curse people. Sometimes in the name of blessing our Lord. I'm sticking up for you, God. I'm telling them like it is. I'm telling them, I'm telling them the truth. All the while not doing it with love. The tongue is a, uh, a dangerous thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a thing we should approach with care. G- James says it's a, it's a restless evil full of deadly poison. And that's an interesting idea. Uh, it's full of deadly poison. I mean, you, you've experienced the poison that words can produce in you because of someone else. Maybe a word you said about yourself. Uh, there's been some research done on what destructive words do to our brain and our body. It's really interesting. Researchers found that uh, when you have destructive words spoken to you, your amygdala and your brain, the, the, where fear is, is located, that kind of basic thing, uh, it generates hormones that produce anxiety and stress all throughout your body. When you hear destructive words given to you, it, your body releases a, a stress-inducing, anxiety-producing hormones, deadly poison throughout your body that cripples you. Your words have power. And in the same way, when you receive words that are encouraging, that are, that are positive, that produces a different kind of hormone. One that brings you up. Your words have power. Church, what, what, if, what if all the things you thought positively about someone, because some of y'all are really good at saying the things that you think negatively. What if like all of us, regardless of where you are on that, what if when we see something that we were like, man, they, they did such a great job. Or wow, I love just spending time with them. Or wow, look at them. Like I just so appreciate them. What if when we thought those things, we spoke them out and encouraged someone? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be life-giving? You can, you can see someone's reaction when you say, hey, I appreciate you. And you know, like if you're the receiving end, you know it's genuine. That, that's a game changer for your day, for that moment, right? What if more of us were able to speak the truth of what God says about us to each other 
I think that would be a powerful thing. See, the irony about words is words send us to uh, counseling. And when you go to counseling, this is what the counselor wants to do with, with those words that you've believed, those stories that you've crafted about yourself, about who you are, and about your, the way you see yourself, the way you're interpreting your world, the way you're interpreting your experiences. They want to help you shape different words to create a different story using words to bring about a different understanding about what you're going through so that words can give you life. This is, this is one of the, th- the most basic things. That, that if you go to therapy, that they're going to encourage you to do. When you're having a bad day, write down what you're feeling. Why? Because words have power. When you're experiencing anxiety, don't just, just, just let it sit. Write it down. Write down what you're feeling. Write down what's going on. No matter how raw it is, write it down. Because when you, when you put words to it, when you put language to it, you you take away some of its power. We have the ability to bring life to a room, to bring life to a relationship. But we also have the ability to bring death to a relationship just because of some words. Words are powerful. And did you notice in verse 9, he gets to the really essence of what, why this is so important to him. With the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father. That's a good thing. We praise God in song. We say, God, I love you. God, you're amazing. You're wonderful. We, we bless God with our, with, our, with our mouth. And then he says this, and with it, our mouth, our tongue, we curse people who are made in God's likeness. The same mouth produces both of those things. This is the fundamental theological foundation for James and why we take attention to the care that we give to our words that we say. Because the other person who's receiving those words is made in God's image, created by God on purpose. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. No matter what they think, no matter their behavior, no matter what they said to you, no matter what they said about you, no matter how they looked at you, no matter what. Like they are still made in God's image, the most despicable people in this world, of which I am of the most qualified, are still made in God's image. And so we don't look to people and break them down as if they're not human. James is saying, hey, it ought not be this way among the church. It ought not be this way among the people who express faith in Jesus. We should be using our words to speak the truth that God, what God says about you to you. We should be, we should be willing to speak the truth to the culture, to the world, but we do it in love. That's what Paul says, speak the truth in love. If you are just like, hey, I'm gonna defend God. By the way, God doesn't need you to defend Him. He's gonna be fine. But if you're like, I'm going to step up, I'm going to stand up for truth. Great, that's awesome. Do it in love. Because if you speak truth without love, you ain't speaking truth. You ain't committed to truth. Because when you speak in a bitey way to someone, in in an aggressive way to someone, guess what they don't hear? The truth. How many times have you 
been criticized by someone because they they saw that you were being untruthful or that you weren't doing something right and they were aggressive and rude to you how many times in those moments did you change your mind no you like no what what right you went up a couple octaves but the best way is what scripture proverbs says A gentle tongue. That's the key. When you're able to speak the truth in a gentle way across the table from someone, guess what they'll receive? At a higher probability anyway. The truth. So if you care about the truth, share the truth in love. Now, does that mean that it's a foolproof way to make sure that no one gets offended by the truth? No. But as Paul says in Romans 12, as far as it depends on you, depends upon you, live peaceably among everyone. Our words are powerful things. And the fact that we are created in God's image means that we ought to speak to each other in that way. So how do we respond to what God is saying through James? Well, he, he gives us two Pictures that seem to kind of go against each other. But uh, in the first part of James chapter 3, he's saying that the words that we say give direction to our life, right? The words that we say. So we should pay attention to the words that we say. We should give attention to them. So maybe this week, like maybe t- today, like maybe later today, when you're using your words to communicate with someone, maybe you could just... Pay attention to the words you use and the way you use them. And just try to be your best best effort. To not be critical. To not be negative. But to be truthful in love. To be kind. To be gentle. To be humble. And like probably by dinner time we'll be like, Lord, I'm sorry. Because it's hard. So he's saying that the words that we say give direction to our life. The words that we say impact our heart. The words that we hear impact our heart. The words that we say to ourselves that we don't verbalize to anyone else, they still impact our heart. And then later, he says this, Can a fig or fig tree, in verse 12, Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? No, homie, that's not how it works. Neither can a saltwater spring yield yield fresh water. In other words, what comes out of your heart, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. What's in your heart will come out. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's what Jesus said. And so we need to not just pay attention to the words that we say, but we need to pay attention to what we're allowing in our hearts. Some of us, we are living in a story of bitterness because of the past, because of the story of our upbringing, because of the story of our family, because of the story of what someone said about us. We're living in a story of bitterness, and what we would, we would do well to do is to be able to trace back our story and to actually tell. Like, what if you just took some time with a notebook and you started to, to relive the whole story of your life? Maybe you even go back a few generations and give attention to where your, your parents live like, what what that was like, what that was like normal, what kind of emotional situation were they in, what kind of norms did they deal with, what kind of grandparents, what what did they deal with on a regular basis, great-grandparents, as far as you can go back. 
And you start to see the kind of patterns that are starting to uh, come up as you in your life because your self-image is in, in many ways shaped by your childhood and the words that you received and the words you didn't receive. And what if we could, we could trace back our, our whole existence, our whole story of our lives, the way we see ourselves, the way we see our impact in the world, the way we assume that, that God is going to use us. What if we could start to trace back that story and then go back and speak the truth of what God says about you in the midst of it? Yes, your family may be uh, dysfunctional in the past, but guess what? God's not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. The thing, the work that he started in you, he's going to carry it on to completion. Maybe you had a pretty good childhood. Maybe you had a pretty good family uh, situation. But guess what? God wants to bring you to another level of gracious living, of being able to be holy, set apart by him, to be able to be someone who speaks life to other people. He's not done with you yet. The things that you believe about yourself that you may not articulate to someone else that you think about yourself, those things speak the truth of God's word to yourself. And then when you see opportunities to speak life into someone, do it. Y'all, if if our words are this powerful, if we could literally destroy the way someone sees themselves, which you can, especially if you're articulate, If you use the tongues of angels, but have not love, you're just a noisy gong. What if we spoke the truth and love to each other? What if when we see someone excelling at something, we spoke that to them? What if when we are in the presence of someone and we feel safe and comforted just because of their presence, what if we told them, thank you for that? Y'all, man, our relationships would be transformed. And I'm terrible at this. I think some things. I don't always speak them. But what if we pushed past the discomfort of maybe sounding a little mushy-gushy and just did it? See, the words that we pass on are important, y'all. We've got relationships. We all have relationships uh, that are important. Think about the words that we pass on to our friends, the words that we pass on to our family members, the words we pass on to our kids, to our grandkids, the words we pass on to our spouse, the words we pass on to strangers, the words we pass on. Those are important things. Priscilla Shire, she had an Instagram post this week that struck me. She said this, her her son was going off to college, and this is what she said. Just said goodbye for now to my boy as we dropped him off at college. And I looked into, into his eyes and said the same thing that I've spoken over him and his brothers consistently for the past 18 years. You are a man of integrity, character, and honesty. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You will put on the full armor of God so that you can stand firm against the schemes of the devil. You are the head, you are not the tail. You are above, you are not beneath. You are a leader, you are not a follower. You have the mind of Christ because the Spirit of God lives within you. You are not made to fit in with the crowd, never have been, never will be. You are different and set apart. You will bless the Lord and all times and his praises will be in your mouth. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. At this point, Jackson, you know these words by heart. I hope they are so deeply embedded in your soul that they shape everything you do and say. You are amazing. 
and this season of your life is going to be good. Fire emoji. Now, go be great. The words of a mother to a son. Can you imagine if you heard those words spoken over you? How different would things be? Friends, those are true things. Not just about Jackson. What about you? What if we saw in Scripture the opportunity to actually hear what God says about you? That yes, you are a sinner. And yes, without Jesus, you are an enemy of God. And yet, because he loved you so much, he decided to come down and show you by taking all your sin, all your guilt, all your shame on the cross and paying for it so that he could have a relationship with you, so he could adopt you into his family, so that he could be the loving father that you need, so that he could be the one you put your hope in and are never going to be disappointed. So you could start to see that you are made in his image, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are loved, you are cared for, you are adored. You were worth infinite suffering to God. You were of infinite worth. He paid the price for you. Never do you need to live another day doubting your worth. Because he's already said it. He's already declared it. Some of us, we just need to hear it. So maybe some of you have some young kids in the house. What if you started to speak truths like that over them? One of the girl, my girls' favorite things at bedtime is when I do a thing called May You Know. And it's like this. May you know. And you speak truth to them. Guess what? That doesn't have to just be to your kids who are young. You could do that to your friends. To your family members. You could speak out truth in love to strangers. Watch your mouth, friends. Because your words can hurt or they can heal. You get to decide how you use them. We all get to decide. We've got some strong weapons coming out of this. So the question is, what story do you want to tell? What story about your life do you want to tell? What story do you want to believe is true about the world, is true about you, is true about the person you don't know, the person you do know, the person you're so close to, you know all their impurities. What story do you want to tell? The words you use. Shape the way you see the world. The words you say about other people, the words you say about yourself. Friends, our words are powerful. What story do you want to tell? Because if it's true, if James is right, that your words give direction to your life and your words can put your path of life on fire, I don't want to burn myself. I don't want to burn other people. What if we use those words for good? What story do you want to tell? And what story do you want told about you? Because friends, at the end of the day, when we're on a box and people are standing and, and sharing words about us, they're not going to care much about our accomplishments, the things we work so hard for at work. They're going to care, they're going to remember the things you said to them, the things you did for them, the way you were present with them when things were hurting, when life wasn't happening the right way. 
Sometimes they'll remember the words that cut them deeply. And they won't share those words. They may not. Sometimes they might. What is the story you want told about you? Friends, we have the opportunity to be a blessing to people. And and not that it stops with our words, but y'all, words are so easy to share. But we have to be always in mind. We have to keep it in mind that this is all about... We have to keep in mind that these things are dangerous and these things are powerful and for good or for bad. We have to keep that in mind. And this is something that I've got to learn too. Church, aren't you so glad that Jesus declared on the cross that it is finished? Three of the most powerful words that can ever be declared. Why? Because he was right it's finished the, the, the times that you speak negatively to yourself because of something someone said to you that can be finished because of what Jesus has declared to you while he was hanging on the cross taking all your sin all your shame all your guilt on himself so that you could have a way to be able to be his child he loves you he loves you you are loved no matter how hard it is to believe that You were worth it. So friends, let's remember that. Watch your mouth. Because your words can hurt or they can heal. You get to decide how you use them. Church, let's use them for God's glory and people's good. Let's stand. Let's sing. Father, thank you for giving us the ability to express Uh, with words, communication. God, you spoke this whole universe into existence with the power of your words. And while we don't have that kind of power, uh, I'm grateful for that, uh, we are made in your image and we get to create in small ways with with our words. And so, Father, would would you remind us of the powerful nature of the things that we say? Help us, Lord, to use our words in a measured way, to be humble and to be gentle, to speak the truth in love. God, help us to see the words that we say. Help us to actually pay attention to those things. And may we be shown the truth about ourselves. Maybe we are using bitey and negative words so often. And God, help us to be aware of that and to actually pay attention to it and to repent. And to turn back to you. God, help us to to recognize what is coming into our heart and then overflowing into our words. God, would you help us to be set apart by you. To care about others. To be reminded about how much grace has been showered upon us. Because you love us. And how much grace we have to shower upon others. Because you love them too. Lord, hear us as we proclaim your goodness in song. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.